The following is a hoop ball presentation. Find me on Twitter at Corbin NBA. Make sure to check out Hoop Ball on Twitter at Hoop Ball Tweets online, hoop ball.com. Today is Monday. I know, yet another one. <laughs> the 14th of June, time is flying. Your Phoenix Suns are in the Western Conference Finals, which is just crazy to say. The Bucks have tied their series with the Nets 2 to 2. And we are looking at a couple of 2-1 series tonight with Atlanta playing Philadelphia and the Los Angeles Clippers playing the Utah Jazz. So let's kind of get into it. We have to start with Nikola Jokic, who, from the 41st pick of the 2014 draft to MVP, what a rise for Nikola Jokic, right? Even last night, in the ultimate loss for the... Nuggets, as they were swept, like I said, 125 to 118, that went in favor of Phoenix. Jokic did what he could, what he's kind of done all series. 22 points, 11 rebounds, 4 assists. Uh, he, you know, did get hacked a couple times, only went to the free throw line twice, 3 or 4 from the line, and a lot of that actually culminated in his ultimate ejection from the game. Late in the third quarter, he executed a pretty hard foul on guard Cameron Payne, slapped him kind of across the face in an attempt to swipe at the ball. Uh, Devin Booker got in his face, but let's be real. Devin Booker didn't want the smoke. It was obvious. Um, and yeah, that was pretty much the end of Jokic's night and really the series. But he did the best he could. Honestly, this was the most inspired performance from the Nuggets all series. Uh, you had the best game from Obarin, mind you. He did miss most of you know the tail end of the season. He had 25 points on 21 shots, 5 rebounds, 2 assists. Um, knocked down three threes out of nine, though. Uh, Monte Morris with 19 points and six assists. You had the best game of Michael Porter Jr. for the series. 20 points on 43% shooting, which isn't that horrible. Four rebounds for him. Aaron Gordon had a nice uh, transition crossover on Devin Booker into a dunk, but ultimately 8.6 rebounds, four assists. Not too much for him. And, and that was really it. Facundo Campazzo played well, man. 21 minutes. Or tw- yeah, 21 minutes, 14 points, 2 assists, 4 of 7 from 3, 5 of 10 from the field. If he's not second team all rookie this year, something is wrong, for sure, because he played really well and underrated for someone who, yes, had a long career overseas, but just balled out, just completely balled out. So, um, especially just being scrappy, being that irritant, that pest, he did well. Ultimately, though, the Nuggets weren't able to stop Phoenix. Phoenix had them in hand pretty much the entire time, and it really goes down to the backcourt. Let's start with Chris Paul, who had his best game of the postseason. 37 points. I'll repeat, 3-7. 37 points on a pristine 14-19 from the field. 9-9 of from the free throw line. 7 assists, 3 rebounds, 2 steals. 7 assists to only 2 turnovers, I might add. Didn't take a 3, but was just fine with it. Joining him in the 30-plus category, Devin Booker, 34 points, 11 rebounds, 4 assists. Didn't shoot quite as well as Chris Paul, 11-25, 44%. Knocked down two threes, 2-8, not super great, but he did convert also well from the line. 10-11 of 11 from the line. Ultimately, the two sons, the backcourt of Phoenix, went 19-21 of 21 <clears throat> from the free throw line. So, just 
I'm sorry, 20, 19 of 20 from the free throw line. I was like, wait a second, math wasn't there. Uh, but they got help. Mikel Bridges, who has been solid all postseason, 14 points uh, on 6 of 11 shooting, uh, 6 rebounds as well. Uh, a near double-double for Jay Crowder, only 9 points, but 10 rebounds as well. Two three-pointers knocked in. DeAndre Ayton, in addition to playing fine defense on Nikola Jokic, as he did all series, had 12 points and 7 rebounds as well. It was just too much of the Phoenix Suns. Cameron Payne Rick, um, didn't have the greatest game and, and, and didn't play as well, but... Um, you know, he was still wreaked having most of the series. Um, Cameron Johnson knocked down two threes. Too much of Phoenix. And they ride their way to the Western Conference Finals. It is crazy to think how quickly Phoenix rebuilt. And, you know, you could put this on the ascension of Devin Booker. You could put this on, of course, the addition of Chris Paul. The coaching and leadership of Monty Williams. Uh, and, you know, going into a second year. Whatever you want to um, put this on. The Suns, man, they are uh, just a 100% a threat to make the finals this year, which I didn't think I'd be saying in the year of our Lord or whatever you call it, 2021. Jeez, Louise. Wow. Credit to Phoenix for making this happen because, like I said, wow. <laughs> this is a rise for them. We're going to talk about them more in the week, um, but just just give them their roses and also give credit to Nicole Jokic. Absolutely deserving MVP season absolutely deserving played all 72 games just had just a great run a great ride and and going down to a full strength phoenix suns team as they did missing their second best player and having their third best player you know miss half of the series not bad at all Ending the season, Nikola Jokic had 26 points, 10 rebounds, 8 assists, 56% shooting from the field, 38% from 3, 86% from the line, a 60.2 effective field goal percentage, 31.3 for PER, and 15.6 win shares. That is just amazing. Just amazing. Seriously, he just put the team on his back. He had uh, a 50-point game. He had four games between 40 and 49 points. He had a 20-point rebound game. He had two games between 15 and 19 assists. I mean, this was crazy for him. Crazy season for just a tremendous star. Played all 72 games. Was responsible for 47 of the wins for the Nuggets, at least partially. 60 double-doubles, 16 triple-doubles. I mean, the guy was a monster all season long. And though it didn't end the way the Nuggets would have hoped, there is hope on the horizon. I mean, they will be missing um, Jamal Murray for most of the next season, and that's kind of rough. But hopefully they can look for internal improvement among their guys, you know. Uh, Get Aaron Gordon acclimated for a full season moving forward. You know, hopefully Will Barton can reclaim some of his form, shake off some of that injury rust. Nikola Jokic is only 26. He can get better, which is crazy to think about. But... He is an absolute stud, and this was this was amazing. This was an amazing year, uh, and I think this was a year where I was on the LeBron James train for MVP early before he twisted his ankle. Um, Joel Embiid had his time as well that you could have made a case for, but really there was no case. The absolute MVP was Nicole Jokic, and you cannot, and we will not here on Round Ball Ramble, let you know, just a, a bold and noble loss to the Phoenix Suns in the Western Conference semifinals change that. Better luck next year for Denver. I would go Houston. Houston, we have a problem. You know, with James Harden from the Houston Rockets being on the Brooklyn Nets and being injured. But it's really Brooklyn. Brooklyn, we have a problem. Uh, Giannis, Chris Middleton got another win. 
the Bucks tied the series 107 to 96 against the Brooklyn Nets. And for Brooklyn, another issue: James Harden already being out, barely played a minute so far in this series. Kyrie Irving had a right ankle sprain, and they lost him throughout the game. So the Bucks erased a 2-0 deficit, won two straight in Milwaukee. Game five is Tuesday in Brooklyn. Uh, Irving was hurt midway through the second quarter and didn't return. Um, and yet, like I said, Harden's already hasn't played since the opening minute due to that right hamstring tightness. So that puts a lot of pressure on Durant. Durant performed admirably. He carried the Nets this series, as he has, and he provided 28 points and 13 rebounds last night. Uh, the only other net in double figures for, for the Nets was Irving, which tells you how bad the supporting cast for Brooklyn was. Irving scored 11 before leaving, again, in the second quarter. Uh, just for the record, as far as his injury, uh, Nets coach Steve Nash said x-rays were taken on Irving's ankle. They proved negative, and the seven-time All-Star status for Game 5 right now is uncertain. Uh, and at the time, what would cause the injury, Irving made a basket in the paint. Uh, he had cut the Bucks lead to four. It was 44-40, midway through the second quarter. And his left leg kind of hit the right leg of Giannis on the way down. He landed awkwardly, and that's where the roll happened, and he was immediately done. Um... Play had stopped due to a change of possession. Uh, you know, people went to check on Irving, and he he walked to the locker room, but that was it. And the Nets announced at halftime that he wouldn't return. And honestly, the Bucks had taken lead for good uh, already. They had a lot more balance. I mean, even though the lead was 40-40, it felt like a game that was in the Bucks' favor. Because remember, they had that game, you know, game game three, where it was like they scrapped, they fought, they did everything they could, but really, it was like a patchwork kind of performance. This was a lot more even. Uh you know, Giannis and Middleton combined for 68 points, which was 79% of the Bucks scoring output back in Game 3. In this game, it was a little more balanced. Middleton scored 19, Drew Holiday had 14, P.J. Tucker had 13, Bryn Forbes added 10, uh, Holiday also threw in 9 assists, and Middleton threw in 8 as well. Like, this was a nice, more well-balanced game. Uh, and, you know, it took a big run from Milwaukee late in the second quarter to really get the game in control because the Nets had a 34-23 lead early in the second quarter. Then Milwaukee went on a 21-4 run, and that included a 12-0 little just jolt. Uh, Four-point play, Chris Middleton, and there was two three-pointers from Tucker, and there was a dunk from Antetokounmpo, and that was it. Um, yeah, it was something else. And so, as Steve Nash said, you know, it's a three-game series. You know, they got the Nets got to get home. Hopefully they get healthy, rest up, and, and get their minds and bodies right and stay positive. That was the quote from him. Uh, what's funny is that uh, I thought it was hilarious, a little bit of NBA trivia history, whatever. But, uh, you know, in the final seconds, the Milwaukee crowd was basically chanting um, Bugs in six, Bucks in six, which has been kind of their rallying cry ever since, uh, if you remember 2013, with the Brandon Jennings and Monte Ellis backcourt, where they asked Jennings to, um, you know, give his predictions on the series, and he said Bucks and Six, just immortal words. It was really Heat and Four. You know, he was off by just a little bit, both on the team and the number of games, but I thought that was hilarious. Um, also, that was the famous series where Monte Ellis said, Monte have it all, which I agreed with and still do, even though I know it's wrong. I know. Um, Jeff Green. Jeff Green had been out for a while. Uh, he hadn't played since Game 2 of Brooklyn's first-round series against Boston uh, due, that to, to that, due to that plantar fascia strain, but he did play 27 minutes, had eight points, five rebounds. Uh, and that was helpful for Brooklyn. But again, they just did not have a- enough help aside from Kevin Durant. It-, it just wasn't pretty. You had um, eight points apiece from Joe Harris and Blake Griffin, both on identical three of eight shooting. Uh, Bruce Brown gave you seven points on three of five. Landry Shamit gave you five. Jeff Green off the bench gave you eight. Mike James and 
just under 20 minutes, gave you five points onto a six shooting. Nick Claxton, four. I mean, you look at this, and it's, it's just a patchwork of a team in terms of scoring production. And Durant was not efficient at all. There are 28 points, yes, but on 9 of 25 from the field, that's 36%. Uh, like my hero, Russell Westbrook, that's more of those numbers. And 1 of 8 from 3. So he just couldn't find the stroke. And honestly, once um, everything went down, it became a lot easier to focus on the Nets' main weapon. Uh, for the Bucks, like I said, balance was the key to this game. Giannis with 34 points on a very efficient 14-26 uh, from the field, 53%. He still should stop shooting 3. Remember, he shot 1 of 8 in Game 3. He shot 1 of 5 in Game 4. So, what, that is combined 2 of 13 from 3 over the last two games? If you're doing that, brother, you really shouldn't be shooting a 3. Just that simple. Also, 5 of 10 from the free throw line. Maybe focus more on that, you know? 12 rebounds, though. Only 3 assists for him, but he played well. Uh, Drew Holiday, you know, 6-16, but he had the 14 points and 9 assists. Pat Conton did leave the game a little early with a, a cut in his eye, but he had 8 points as well. And even Theonis got some time. So, there you go there. But right now, the series is tied moving forward. And that's fun. That's going to be really interesting to see. I was hoping that the Bucks would have a little more resolve. And I am impressed now with what I saw. Again, you know, the home team basically held serve. So once another team wins on the opposing team's home court, then I think we have ourselves a challenge. But we'll see. Um, but until then, I mean, this was nice to see Milwaukee kind of get back in there and get a little bite, get a little skin in the game, you know? Made, made, up the ante a little bit. Make this like I expected the series to be. I'm not totally... You know, saying the Bucks are back. The Bucks are here. I'm not saying that. You know, I'm not saying that all of my issues with them before are um, absolved just because Brooklyn ran into some bad injury luck. That's basically what it comes down to. But that's where I'm at right now. So we'll see kind of how it goes. All right, so tonight we have the Philadelphia 76ers playing the Atlanta Hawks at 730. Both of these games are on TNT. Uh, so Philadelphia took the last game against... The Hawks, 127 to 111. And yes, this was at the A, as, uh, you know, Trey Young likes to say. So, really interesting. The Sixers are now going to try to take a 3-1 lead. We'll see how it happens. But um, it's going to be interesting for Doc Rivers because Danny Green had a had a, a right calf uh, injury, a strained right calf during Philadelphia's just end-to-end victory over Atlanta on, on Friday. So, we'll have to see how it happens um, in terms of how Green recovers. Maltese Steibel uh, initially replaced Green. Uh, after he was injured, but then Forkan Korkmaz got extended minutes, and he actually had a career playoff best 14 points. So we'll have to see how that works out. Um, also, Joel Embiid's just been a monster. Over the first three games of this series, 35 points, 10 rebounds, 4 assists, all while playing with that small right lateral meniscus tear. He's not leaving anything to doubt. And they, the Hawks just, as admirable as Clint Capella's play, they cannot stop him. On Friday, Embiid had 27 points, Tobias Harris had 22. Uh... And right now, Atlanta, you know, the key thing for them, Trey Young's been playing well. They need to improve their three-point shooting. They just do. Uh, they had a franchise playoff record, 20 shots from beyond the arc in the first game, and they've kind of had a to- total of 17 over the next two games. And game three was kind of ugly, only 6 of 23. So we'll see how that ends up working out for them. Also, um, I like that. And this isn't, like, a key to a game like it was a secret or anything, but since... Doc Rivers put Ben Simmons on Trey Young. Trey Young still scored, but he's made just 15 of his 33 shots from the floor over the last two games with Simmons guarding him. That length, that additional pressure from a guy who is a defensive player of the year candidate in Ben Simmons, of course you didn't win, but I'm just saying being in the conversation, yeah, even with a great offensive player like Trey Young, that can cause problems, and it most certainly has for Young and the Hawks. He's still getting his points, but they're not coming as easy, and if you're not knocking down your threes, you make it a little bit tougher uh, for your team to respond. 
So going to uh, the nightcap game, the 10 o'clock game on TNT again, uh, Utah playing the Clippers. Uh, the Clippers won the last game over Utah, uh, 132 to 106. Uh, honestly, it was just Donovan Mitchell kind of just being injured wasn't super great, but it didn't really even matter because it's not like the Jazz didn't get crushed. They most certainly did. <laughs> they most certainly did. Kawhi Leonard scored 34. Paul George added 31. Um, that was it. And and George at first, uh, you know, he was. Only 34% from the field during his first two games up in Utah. But back home, 12-24, 6-10 from three. Had 13 points alone in the second quarter. Eight uh, in, in, as part of a 13-2 run. And yeah, LA had a 57-41 lead with 254 remaining in the half. And that was just kind of it. Uh, Leonard had 24 points in the second half. And, and that was it. Donovan Mitchell played well. He had 30 points for Utah, his fifth straight game. With at least 30, the last player to do that was Kawhi Leonard last year against Dallas. Uh, but... You just had more help from the Clippers. Reggie Jackson, Nicholas Batum had added 17 apiece. Uh, L.A. had been just horrible from three, as you know, over the first couple of games. But they were 19 of 36, and many of them were just wide open, set your feet, let it fly looks uh, for the Jazz. They went down. I mean, they were 19 of 44 on threes, which was great, but only 17 of 40 inside the arc. The Clippers' zone defense really just wrecked them. They uh, basically handed the ball over 16 times. They had 16 turnovers, and that led to 24 L.A. points, which just wasn't great. Joe Ingles added 19 points. Jordan Clarkson added 14, but we all know that they played a lot better up in Utah. And then, unfortunately for you know Donovan Mitchell, like I said, he uh, appeared to his ankle midway through the fourth quarter, did not return to the game. Um, honestly, the game was over at that point, so it's not like it really mattered. Uh, it was kind of rough. It was kind of rough. Uh, and Mitchell had a slow start to begin with. He missed his first four shots, and then... He didn't make his, like, first basket until, what, I want to say, like, seven minutes left in the second quarter, and then score Utah's next 16 points. So, he can get hot in a hurry, but if he's injured, that's a problem. Also, Mike Conley hasn't played so. Misses third straight game due to that mild right hamstring strain. So, if the Clippers can just regain balance in game four tonight, we're back. We're back in the series. And it, again, looks like it would be in the Clippers' favor, just like it was against Dallas, where they were down 2-0, came back, you know, restored that advantage with that 2-2 tie, and then just took control. And that was it. Maybe it goes seven games still. We'll have to see, but a lot of it goes down to the health of, of course, Donovan Mitchell first and foremost, but then Mike Conley as well. You need that additional backcourt help. That would free Joe Ingles more from playmaking responsibilities to be more of a shooter. It would free up Jordan Clarkson from even having to assume playmaking duties at all, just kind of focus on gunning and making that happen. Then, again... They don't win this because at the end of the day, Kawhi, you know he's going to heat up, even though he's been kind of tired. And Paul George, if he's getting better at home, then look out. And that's pretty much what it is. Right, we've only got one, um, well, two birthdays, I guess, to give a shout-out to. One, um, what, first-year player Paul Reed for the 76ers, also known as B-Ball Paul, which, okay, in Alley. Uh, he is 22. So congrats to Paul Reed. Uh, not too big so far this year for... Philadelphia only played 26 games so far, three points, you know, two rebounds, but he definitely has potential and we'll have to see kind of how he flourishes. And then, you know, former legend, hashtag kind of dirty in my opinion as a player, but Bruce Bowen, who played 13 years in the NBA, he turns the big 50, six points, two rebounds, one assist, shot 39% from three over his career on just 
what, two and a half a game, which is crazy, but he was the corner three-point specialist, played for a bunch of teams, uh, really Miami, Boston, Philly, but most notably San Antonio, where he spent eight seasons and 630 games for them, won a couple of rings uh, in 2003, 2005, and 2007, so shout out to Bruce Bowen, who turns 50 years old, and actually in his retirement has been somewhat of a dapper dresser. Also, according to Pro Basketball Reference, does not have a nickname. I would call him Dirty Bowen, but I don't know how this sounds. Burr, 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 I don't know. I can't think of one. Dirty Bowen. I'm trying to think of something with the B to make it go like, like, bodate. I, I can't think of something. I'm not going to go there. But basically, Bruce Bowen, 50. Paul Reed, 22. Happy birthday to the two of them. All right. Well, that's going to do it here for another edition of Round Ball Ramble. You know where to find me, like I said, on Twitter at CorbinNBA Hoopball. Please check it out. Hoop dash ball.com on twitter at hoop ball tweets a lot of great content going on listen everybody on hoop ball is still active team coverage is still going on i mean the hoop ball 360 is still something there honestly just check it out see what's going on if you're someone someone of a better today in sports betting is what you want to check out i'm just saying they have so much there and then last but not least please my bookie, check it out. Try your hand at sports betting. Finally, give it a shot. Sign up for a new account on my bookie with the coupon code Hoopball, H O O P B A L L, and get a 50% deposit match bonus. Again, sign up there with the coupon code Hoopball, H O O P B A L L, and get that 50% deposit match bonus. One more time, Hoopball, H O O P B A L L, and get that deposit bonus. All right? Uh, you know what? I'm frosty, y'all. Y'all stay frosty. And I'll talk to y'all tomorrow. (laughs) All right, y'all.